Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. Today on The Real Bottom Line, we're going to talk about pivoting. We're going to talk about the power of the word newcomer, the power of family outside of your family, and how your competition can be your inspiration. You're in the right place if you are a serious entrepreneur, ambitious about growing your wealth and your business. This is The Real Bottom Line, where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my guest is Tarek Haddad from Peace by Chocolate. Welcome. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here today. Uh, I just feel like you're going to add such a unique perspective on business uh, and certainly your journey to business is certainly unique from a lot of the people I know, well, maybe all of them. So, uh, you know, we talk about pivoting in business and I think you've made some of the most seriously big pivots that a person can make in their life. What is it like to have to do those pivots? How do you, is it possible to prepare for them or do you just have to do them? In, in my life so far, I've been through many I call them turning points, you know, when I have to make a decision uh, in, in a split of the moment. There is no other question, you know, the time when we had to leave our home country, the time when we had to apply for immigration 8,000 kilometers far away from our homeland, the time when I was like, yeah, I'm not going back to medicine. I guess it's a long way. I have to restart the family business. All of these decisions were like really quick and... Uh, uh, I don't regret any of them, but I felt that uh, certainly I had to do them. I was in um, many times, I was in a position where I did not even have uh, the resources, to be honest, to have um, uh, even to qualify for making the right decision. So I think entrepreneurship, then I realized it's about taking decisions much faster than anybody else, mm. you know, and not aiming for the 99% for the 100% like they teach you in school, but aiming for even the 70% is good. 60% is good as long as you're improving year after year. Business is not a one-time decision. Business is an accumulation mm -hmm. of all the journeys that we are doing. And this is really what I learned. I learned actually a lot of uh, experiences throughout this, this moments of, of pivoting and throughout these moments of uh, uh, turning you know, into um, amazing opportunities into a new life for, for myself and for my family and the people around me. So... Yeah, you know, I've. Uh, I think I'm. I consider myself uh, to be uh, privileged to have had all of these turning points in in my life, turning opportunities that they have opened a lot of doors. Uh, a lot of doors were closed, but I think many more were opened. Mm. And this is really what what mattered to me. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, I think it it just gives you that sense of fulfillment that you are not paused. You know, in anything you do in life you either grow or you die you know you cannot pause right you cannot pause while doing anything and i think the ability for us to pivot 
to make ourselves, you know, kind of uh, aiming for that 70%, 75% grade, you know, not to be perfect, but to do what we have to do to get to the next level, you know, because I know that the world is moving at a speed that uh, that that is so, uh, you know, over each one of us. And every one of us is busy with a million things every single day, you know, and we have that liability of living. Right. We have that kind of, you know, the, the, the micro decisions that we have to make every day, but they drain us. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus everything you have to make in your business life that is in addition to everybody else, right? Imagine someone who is working um, in, in a field that does not require them to be in a position where they have to make these decisions or to pivot or to change anything that been following the same route, you would find that the growth in their life is pretty rare or, or minimum or almost zero. Certainly, this is not the life that I wanted. And uh, I've learned, you know, that the exciting way to live is to make sure that you are, you're growing and you keep moving. I love how you're saying that. And I mean, when we think about pivots, you know, there's been a lot of, of out there about what your story is. You know, there's a book piece by chocolate. There's a feature film, which I think is out now as well, which is, that's just so fascinating. Um, but you made a really big one in terms of the direction of your life. First off, just by getting to Canada. But the second thing is you were planning to study medicine and now you're in business. Um, do you think, how did you end up in business and doing what you're doing now? So I came to Canada in 20, late 2015. Um, the family arrived a few weeks after me. And then I was in a position where I was like, you know, I came here based on a, uh, not a scholarship, but the promise of continuing my medical studies in Canada. That's why I applied actually to come to Canada mm. in the first place. Is, is not because really my family were talking about rebuilding the business or anything. It was because I was so passionate about being a physician because I was helping many refugees back in Lebanon even by building primary and secondary healthcare centers, helping patients with thalassemia, with cancer, talking to donors in Norway and the Gulf countries and asking them, how can we help these patients? I was so passionate about this cause and I'm still up until now, actually. But when I arrived in Canada, the new reality hit you when you arrive in a new place. Uh, And by the way, and then I was called a newcomer, which opened my entire mindset to a new thing that did not exist before. Okay, being a newcomer, being a newcomer uh, can 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 mean that you are arriving in a new space, you're arriving, you're building a new life. Or, you know, very basically, you are just starting something new. You know, mm. I was a newcomer to business. A lot of people are newcomer to education. They go to school. A lot of people are newcomer to relationships. A lot of people don't see it this way, right? A lot of people just think about newcomers, those immigrants who just leave their homelands and arrive in a new place and have to build everything from scratch, uh, like refugees they had to do. While arriving in Canada had opened my mind that newcomers mean that it is these moments of pivoting. This is what it means to be a newcomer. And if you try it once, actually, we give you the power to, to, to make these decisions over and over and over. And that's actually what really had helped me because I realized it will take me 10 more years. I have to waste to do exactly the same thing I did in my medical school in Syria to get to where I want to be. You know, After the 10 years, I still have to do more work, 
to qualify even to become a physician in Canada. And then I realized, well, you know, it's not time to do maybe medicine. This is not, this is time to do business. Let's do it. And then I started talking to the community. I'm like, let's build the, the business. Although my family were always excited about making chocolate in the town. Then I realized that it's not only about making chocolate. It's about the mission is much bigger, spreading a message of peace. I love that. There's a couple things I'd like to dig into there. First off is just how one phrase can change everything in the sense of for you, it was newcomer and how that gave you a chance to pause and say, what do I really want to do versus following a tried and true path or what you expected to do? That can be a big change. And I think people do get caught in the ruts of doing what they think they should do uh, rather than just looking at things with fresh eyes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that really, uh, I think it came to me um, as I was um, just about to start the business with a family, a friend of mine, he came to me and he told me, uh, Tariq, do you know that if you are in Toronto and you had a heart attack, it's safer for you to be in a taxi rather than being in an emergency room at the hospital? And I said, why? He said, because 70 to 80% of cab drivers in Toronto are immigrant physicians who cannot get back to medicine because they don't get their credentials recognized in Canada and they just lose all the potential that they have really to go back to where they are. Although, you know, this is not a message to say that we need cab drivers, we need taxi drivers, but also we need physicians. Let people decide what they want to do, right? Don't push them to be outside of their passion, to do something that is very required for the ecosystem. And, you know, when I, when I came here, I'm like, if I'm not going to be a physician because I don't want to waste years of my life, plus, you know, all kind of uh, the disappointment when people are arriving in, in, in Canada and they cannot re- restart their, their passion, is how can I build a new passion? Yeah. Right? It's not set in stone. People no. are adaptable. People are flexible. You can and learn anything at any age. You know, I have many friends who went to get their undergraduate degree when in their 40s and their 50s. You know, they just got out of high school to start a business and they, they came back. A lot of people graduated from university and they just didn't get their master's until they are they were really older, until they got much knowledge, until they have done all of this experience. So I think everyone lives on their own clock. And we should not follow any anyone's else uh, time. You know, we we are in control of our time and our lives. So, I was really happy to see that I have made that decision uh, yeah. six years ago. But it was absolutely the right one. I feel like you. It's um, I think the word that you didn't use, and I think is a bad word, is the word should, right? right. And right. so I think that um, being open to doing things the way you want to do is very important, right? There's, I don't know that there's a one right way for anybody. Uh, absolutely not, you know. And uh, when when we reach that crossroad, I think uh, we any decision we make is going to open up a lot of more possibilities for us. So my message is for anybody not to be afraid of taking any road at any at any point in time. If you are at the crossroad in this point in time when you're listening to this, don't be afraid, you know to to leave anything behind and start something new or continuing in your own path maybe you will find something you're passionate about down the road so there's nothing wrong actually there's nothing it's not only you know kind of a a two-way kind of road you know this is kind of a highway of eight lanes right this is like (laughs) the the 401 (laughs) i love it so 
your mission, you mentioned that it's very important to you. What has, uh, when you first started in the business, has it evolved since you started with Piece by Chocolate into something different or bigger since, uh, or has it remained the same? It has evolved into something out of my imagination. It was, it has evolved into, uh, I, I call it a phenomenon. Maybe I am biased. Maybe people don't see it this way, but I really call it a phenomenon because the way we started, it was very humble beginnings. We, we were selling chocolate. I remember making chocolate in our home kitchen in, in Anikinesh in, in Nova Scotia. And, uh, you know, then we have moved to the basement. There was a, a very small room there. I remember it was probably five feet by five by five, probably. That's a closet. And that's not a room. That's a closet. That's exactly where we were making chocolate. Like, you know, there was even not space for two people, but we were jammed there just to 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 make sure we are uh, we are producing chocolate. And it was absolutely incredible, you know, how much chocolate we produced there to sell at the farmer's market in in Antigonish. That was called the winter's market. And, you know, from the winter of 2016, a couple of months later, we stayed in the market and then we evolved into multiple ones. Then we went to Cape Britain to Mambo Farmer's Market. And then we had launched a campaign at that time called the Peace for, uh, for Canada. That was before even the business was established as Peace for Chocolate. It was called First to Had Had Chocolate for Peace. And, and it was, you know, it was kind of uh, a journey really to reach that Peace by Chocolate name and our slogan and all the messages behind it. But then we launched that campaign, the piece for, for, for Canada. And then after the white fires in Fort McMurray, we have, ton, we have got a ton actually of people who are, who are supporting our campaign from across the country. Not only newcomers, Canadians who believed in us that we are giving back to the country that has given us a lot, right? <laughs> so we have run the business since the beginning with a huge sense of responsibility to give back to Canada, the country that has absolutely given us everything, that has given us another chance of life. I cannot imagine my life right now in the middle of the pandemic if I was not here. We would have certainly be either dead or suffering or trouble struggling, you know, as refugees without anything and living um, in, in nowhere. So being in Canada has given us a new identity and really new sense of purpose and belonging. And I just started reflecting on all of this journey about in the business throughout the years, even before 2020, before the pandemic. Um, in, in 2017, we have opened a factory, really an official factory. And then we opened, uh, we expanded in 2019. And it, it, the journey has been amazing, you know, selling from only farmer's market to multiple grocery stores across Canada. We have um, yeah, secured a national deal with Sobeys in 2018 while our products were available in almost 700 to 800 stores across the country at that time. And then, you know, I was surprised that throughout this journey, the prime minister would go to the United Nations to speak about our company. Uh, we started getting calls from very high profile people across the country and across the world after that. Um, and then the idea for us to start on the mission on a different level, right? We were, we were selling chocolate, telling people to how to celebrate peace. And then we were like, maybe people don't know what peace means. We need to teach them. That's why we worked on teaching people how, how to say peace in different languages. That's why I have done, up until now, over 500 speeches across Canada, to Denmark, to France, to, to, uh, to the UK. And, you know, I've been sharing this story over and over and over because I know that the world needs it. In the time of darkness, you need that 
pull to the light, right? You need that uh, positivity. You need that optimism. And we all need hope. So I, I had worked so hard over the past few years with my family and with our team. And by the way, I don't take any credit for any of the success that Peace by Chocolate had had. It is a team effort. It was not only me. People maybe see my face in the media a lot, but I apologize for that because it's really a teamwork. And uh, I really hope that people understand that it takes really a village to, be, to build a business. It takes more than a village to build a business. And that's the, the town of Antigonish. That's the Nova the province of Nova Scotia. That's the country. And we are really proud that Peace by Chocolate now is, is on the way, on the way to become one of the top chocolate companies in Canada. So yeah, there's absolutely, the, the sky is the limit, right? We had many ups and downs in the business, which is really interesting because if you ask me in 2018, where do I see myself in 2022? Certainly I want, I, I probably have seen Peace by Chocolate bigger than it is now, but you know, we had some challenges with the pandemic before the pandemic after right now dealing with the aftermath of all the disruptions in labor and supply chain and all of that. So I'm really happy where Peace by Chocolate, we are at a stable uh, space right now, and we have a lot of opportunities ahead of us for even talking about the six months ahead alone just gives me a lot of excitement. You know, there's a lot happening. So there's a lot going on. A lot of people, in, if you're not in retail, a lot of people probably don't understand that you're probably already done planning for Christmas of 2022. Actually, we are, yeah, we are working about on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's so far ahead that I think uh, we forget that. One of the things you said that I would like to, and it's a theme I picked up in your book as well, is around, um, I'm going to call it uh, advisors and having quality people help you on this journey. Like you mentioned, it takes a, it takes a village. Right. Um, tell me about the people in your village and how did you find them and what they're, what are they doing for you? And should everybody have a village? Everybody should have a family outside their family and building that family is really the thing that's going to fuel not only your growth materialistically, but also spiritually and also in, in a way that's going to create impact in that community, right? Because you are not only building a business for the sake of profit, because this is not really how businesses are run in our days. You know, we are in 2022 and a lot of people still running businesses all days, focusing on profit and financial statements. And these days, the world is so different. You know, I've, I've learned about a lot of businesses, you know, since I started in this journey, I've started learning about others, you know, and started learning about, I don't call them competition. I call them inspirations, right? Like, because you really, really, really learn from each other. Other. Um, and when I arrived in, in Antigonish, I, I was really lucky to have a friend who was very close to me, Frank Gallant, who, who was the landlord of our house we were renting when we arrived in Canada. Frank is a business advisor and cultural change advisor. And uh, he was like, you know, yeah, I can. Uh, his daughter was selling at the farmer's market at that time. So we knew all the logistics about you have to apply, you know, how much would it cost us, you know, learning about the experience expenses on a sheet of paper we had that notebook when we started literally it was like 20 pages and we started writing down how much are we spending how much are we getting each week and that was really our quickbooks at that time our like (laughs) (laughs) our platform for financial management and it just grew from there significantly significantly frank then Neil Stephen from This Is Marketing listened to me on the radio I was doing an interview with CBC and he he and his wife went to Santa Fe, so they had the connection to the town and they, he just stopped by, we had a meeting and then we started talking about what's for, what's for the future, 
right? Mm -hmm. And then when he, we start built talking about the, the name, the slogan, the designs, all of the, the website. We didn't even have a website for even a year. You know, we built a one page. We didn't have Facebook actually until 2017. It was absolutely incredible how much did we get along with, you know, without having proper like branding. You know, a lot of businesses start by building a website and waiting for the customers. We had the customers, then we had the website. Mm -hmm. So it is very, very incredible, you know, what happened there. And then we had many people around us supporting us in in finances, you know, supporting us in uh, managing the, the business, getting certifications that we need. Uh, so me, Frank, and uh, and Neil, and a lot of people who joined us on the on the team actually were talking and formed that group. We're talking about the business, but on the grand, you know, bigger scheme of things, our family got a lot of um, connections in town because we were, you know, we came here on a community sponsorship, and the town and the people who donated their money and their time to a community group called Safe, which stands for Syria and Tigganesh Families Embrace. They are the true heroes. They are really the ones who believed in us before they even saw us. They are the ones who believe that we as human beings deserve to live in peace and to have safety and to rebuild our lives, you know, with dignity. Yeah. And, and they have really supported us to be where we are today. So I'm very grateful for each one of them. So more than a village, absolutely. It takes a lot of people to get things going. It's, it's, uh, I'm very grateful. It is a, a, an honor to have worked with a lot of people uh, to have Peace with Chocolate what it is today. But our team now has grown a lot, actually. So we have a lot of team members that they have joined us over the past, you know, two, three years. Some people joined us last year. Some people, you know, have been with us for a long time. So it is incredible. Do you feel like your entire life is about reaching the pinnacle of business success? Solid referrals, a steady stream of leads in the pipeline, profit year after year. But what's next for you? Are you going to keep working hard, hoping that the money will magically start multiplying in ways that you don't even know about now? Maybe you'll pick up an investment property or two to add to your portfolio. Can you even retire? Can you step back or step away or exit completely and not lose everything you've built? If you don't have the answers to these questions, you are not alone. This is exactly why I created the Total Wealth Accelerator, a program designed specifically to show you, the successful business owner, how to build your own private wealth portfolio. Because there's more to you than your business, and there should be more to your wealth than what you make from the business you've created. I want to show you how. Go to the Total Wealth Accelerator now to learn more. That's TotalWealthAccelerator.com. One of the things that you've done in the last couple of years is you opened a retail spot in the middle of a pandemic. Right, right. It's, it's uh, So you have a bricks and mortar location, whereas before you were distributing through um, the Sobeys of the world and other places and direct That's right. consumers That's through right. your website. Yeah. Now you have bricks and mortar. What went into that decision? Why did you do that? Well, we're in the business of the you know, consumer packaged goods, and we wanted to make sure we are available to everyone although our business was focusing a lot on um, big retailers like chains like Sobeys for example and then we got into Hudson Bay and then we got into a lot of companies around the country um, at the same time we had our own story in Antigonish our store our old beautiful cozy two sheds that we built there with the community is still there it is a retail store on Bay Street just below the hospital but then we realized that in the middle of the pandemic, what do people need? People need hope. Yeah. And then it was like, we are in the business of hope. 
we are in the business of happiness. Mm-hmm. Everyone eats chocolate will be happy. No one eats chocolate will be sad. You know, every box we say is a, every box we send out before when we are shipping our orders, we say this is a box of happiness, a box of joy. Mm-hmm. And then we felt we have that responsibility to share our message with the people of, of Halifax. All Haligonians have been amazing to to. Uh, to us, you know, the uh, Halifax is our biggest really urban hub, you know, where the most of our brand awareness is. And a lot of people were really asking us about where is the one spot in the country or in the city that we can buy all of your products, all of our product line. And last March, when we decided to open that story, it was like we had around 200 SQs between chocolate bars with different sayings and different collections and chocolate boxes. And we have introduced a new idea of artisan chocolate where people will find this beautiful kind of jewelry chocolate that you're even afraid to eat because it's too stunning. It's beautiful and it takes a lot of work. It's art. It's absolutely pieces of art. So um, yeah, we realized that in business is about leadership. It's, mm-hmm. it's a platform for making decisions that's uh, going to connect people, bring them together, give them hope. And this is really why we opened the store in Halifax, because we believe that we had the power that other people did not. And then if we had that power of changing people's renowned uh, lives and, and hopes, we were offering jobs in the city when a lot of businesses were shutting down mm-hmm. on Lower Water Street downtown. We were kind of spreading the joy of, you know, of, of peace in, in every single way, the peace of mind chocolate bars, for example that we were giving away for the grand opening and a lot of new peace bars to tell people that, you know, we, we have to take care of ourselves and eating chocolate is, is a good one. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> eating chocolate is, is, is always a great thing. You know, there, our chocolate does not have calories in it. I always say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> it's Cal- calories. Actually, it's, it's, uh, it's calories of, of happiness. So it doesn't count. Yeah. I love that. Um, Is there, uh, I'm just interested and fascinated a little bit by how doing business in Canada would be different than Syria. Is there a big difference? Um, You know, the, just take, take this example. You know, my father started making chocolate in 1986. It took him probably until 1994, until 19, maybe 1995 to get the business registered. So it took him around nine years to even register a business, have, you know, business number and sort of. Uh, and you know the to 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 be able to export outside the country, for example, to be able to have to hire over fifty employees to do whatever he wanted to do. It took him a long time in in processes, and you know it, it, the the corrupted system to start a business is is so absolutely horrible. But then my father had to navigate throughout all of that to build a chocolate empire. That did not stop him from building a factory that hired hundreds of people in the city and was exporting chocolate everywhere in the Middle East, everywhere in Europe. Um, I remember that, uh, you know, my father used to share with me all of these business uh, kind of realities at that time, although I was very busy with my medical studies. My mother was joining him every once in a while when he was taking decisions about charities that the business was going to support. So my mother was managing that side, you know, of the, uh, the, the arrangement uh, within the business. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a quite different the way that things happen in Canada because we have determined to sell at the farmer's market and we're like, we need to register a business uh, in joint stocks, right? So we needed to go on the website, we need to reserve a name. 
so we are able to sell you know we are able to to collect revenue we are able to um, to make sure we manage the, the the finances of the business separately from the family finances and uh, in Syria that's that was um, a, a long journey that was very messy that was very unorganized and uh, and at the end of the day you know our even to trademark our company in Syria took us 20 years as well so it was a very really long and tough uh, way to do things there while in Canada you know we we, we had to do uh, many quick steps that had the speed of setting up the business was absolutely incredible and helped us yeah. to, you know, when you have, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, if you're starting a business, you have, you have a sheet of a million things. You have to tick the boxes. You know, you registered the business, you secured codes from suppliers, you got the packaging, you have agreements for distribution, you registered, you got the certificates, you did the food safety, you hired the employees, you have a million things to take care of, right? Yep. And you need one less thing on your list. So I'm very grateful for the business environment here when the support is available. While in Syria as well, you know, there was um, there was absolutely no no support for businesses. If you are an entrepreneur, then you are on your own, right? There's no one there who's going to help you. Uh, although my father was uh, vice president of the of a chamber of commerce, but, and he was connected in the business community, but there was no formal structure, you know, to support communities. You know, in, in Nova Scotia, we have a lot of support for businesses in Canada overall, you know, there is a lot of uh, amazing opportunities. If you want to expand your factory, you can talk to advisors about that. There are business people, you know, within the government or independents who are going to help you with it. And I have to be fair because in Syria at that time, there was no internet, there was no e-commerce when my father started in 1986. No. There was no social media too. Right. So probably that that was one of the reasons. So I don't know, like now, if Syria was to be in the same position it was in 1986, how things would be different. So I, I think I'm not probably 100 percent comparing apples to apples, but social media is is an amazing mutation in, in the way that we all communicate. Uh, if, if my family arrived in Canada, even before 2010, before 2005, probably it would have taken us way, way longer, three to four times longer to yeah. get our message out there, it's right? It's an amplification tool. Absolutely, absolutely. And then we were ambassadors for our own message. We were building our own audience. Yes. And that had absolutely, you know, helped us with, with uh, spreading our, our company, our brand, building it, getting feedback even. Imagine mm-hmm. how tough would it be to gather feedback of 4,000, 5,000 people if it was not online, you know? Where are you going to gather them? How are they going to fill the forms? How are you going to gather the forms back, right? And now, you know, people tell you in the comments on Facebook, you can publish like a poll. You can email a consultant who is going to work with consumers in a survey that, that's going to gather you the feedback that you need on a flavor, a new flavor we are launching. The packaging design, you know, a collection, a name for a collection. The best flavor right now on World Chocolate Day, we always ask people in 2020, what was your favorite chocolate? And then we realized, well, 51% of Canadians love milk chocolate, you know, 42% love dark chocolate, the rest love between white and gold and ruby. And all of this information is so valuable. That was so hard to get. Plus, you know, in Canada, there's all of these kind of professional reporting that you get for the industry, mm-hmm. which, ha- which has absolutely helped us. So we are running on a scientific base right now more than ever, you know, in the business in the first five years, we're kind of really busy just going around and securing uh, a kind of uh, a long-term uh, sustainability for, for the business, while now we're kind of much more looking forward for 
a strong foundation for a hundred years of peace by chocolate? Where do we see ourselves in the next three years, five years, hundred years? Which it's which is absolutely incredible, you know, the way that 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 I was uh, I think about it. So that absolutely to answer, you know, in 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 short, the summary is there is a huge difference mm-hmm. uh, between starting a business here in Canada and Syria, and I'm very grateful that now we are. Uh, able to um, amplify our message, to use technology to our um, to our side, you know, to our benefit as a bridge to yeah. communicate with our customers and learn a lot from our uh, inspirations as well and the people in the same industry. It's uh, interesting that you said, talk about social media and I think about some of the fans that you have out in the world that are really big names like Justin Trudeau, Nancy Pelosi. You know, your message right. has resonated with so many people, but you're able you know, if that had happened in the past before social media, it would have been harder to get that out to more and more people to get to, to, to use those influencers, if you will. (laughs) So um, who else do you have on the influencer side or tell me some of the people who have, um, and uh, have talked good things about you and your, your, uh, chocolate. <laughs> I just think well, it's a fascinating story. Well, well, it, there there are a lot actually of of um, really high profile people. You know, we have um, um, certainly the prime minister and um, certainly all cabinet minister MPs. We have gifted our chocolate to embassies, ambassadors of Canada around the world. To our chocolate went to a lot of people in high positions, even. Uh, uh, in the United States, I was gifted to Nancy Pelosi at the visit from the Prime Minister after the uh, the Raptors uh, uh, won the champion the NBA championship in 2019, and uh, our chocolate was you know kind of uh, a nice gesture. Although we won, but we still gifted the Americans piece by chocolate because we were like there anyway to to really tell them that yes we won, but here is piece by chocolate, you know, so it can keep you peaceful. <laughs> So, it, you know, there are a lot of people uh, around the world who got our chocolate that, that that absolutely blew my mind. And a lot of even, there are many Hollywood actors who came to Nova Scotia. They were filming, actually, they were doing some films and they they, they got our chocolate and they absolutely have, have been uh, incredibly supportive. Uh, you know, I don't have a list, but I always see them mentioning us on, on social media. I... Uh, uh, we, I was actually surprised that we were selling one time still at, you know, we go there as absolutely a beautiful way to talk to people when it was happening in Mabu Farmers Market in 2019. Uh, we had uh, we had a stand there and uh, it was incredible to see, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and his sister Maybe. where Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal as well, were, they both were in, in, um, in Mabu. And she stopped by the market and she bought our clean the slate and she posted about it on Instagram, clean the slate bar. And it was, it was absolutely remarkable. You know, this is when I saw it, it was like, you know, people are realizing that we are spreading messages that they are unique and powerful. Although she didn't know our story, but she loved the product. And then she got to know our story. And then we talked to her later on in 2019, you know, our chocolate have been to space and a NASA astronaut doctor, Andy Fustel as well, who, uh, who got our chocolate for his birthday in uh, when he was at the International Space Station in 2018 and 19 as well. And he shared his shared the chocolate from space uh, to with his uh, colleagues, everyone got the box of peace by chocolate which was absolutely remarkable you know to see that yeah. there's a lot of people like around that the, the country with premiers and uh, 
and the governors and uh, really high profile people in business and in media. There are a lot of people in, in the US, there are a lot of people in the Middle East who got our chocolate, legendary actors who joined us with our movie making, uh, who I grew up watching on TV. And I was dreaming even of coming close to them with like 500 to a kilometer, 500 you know, meters and to a kilometer. And then a lot of those people, they were they were very close to us. They were part of our story. You, you always actually, sometimes you just wake up and you are like, is that all real? Or am I dreaming, right? <laughs> Does it happen to you? It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal sometimes how life goes on. But, uh, and, you know, I, I'm really excited about the opportunities that, that, that are coming ahead. For example, you know, the way that I think about life now is that there's nothing really impossible. I was thinking, you know, I was driving my car in 2018 and I was always watching and listening to a show called Canada Reads. I'm like, wow, this is really incredible. And, and I loved it. I started listening to it every year. And then in December, I get that email from CBC asking me to be a panelist on Canada Read. So I'm now actually joining them in Toronto in March to, to fight for my book, What's Strange Paradise by Omar Lakat. So, you know, this is how life is very interesting. There's a lot of uh, big opportunities. I think the biggest opportunity that we got overall was the uh, seeing that our story was featured and, and you know, was made into, turned into a movie that's going to inspire where generations. Do, where do people find this movie to watch? Where can we find it? Actually, it's uh, still in the film festival circuit. It's, it will have a public major release in, in Canada in uh, starting in the spring. So hopefully we'll okay. see more dates in, in May. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have a theatrical release, hopefully. It will have uh, it will have uh, a streaming release as well on some of the platforms, but there's nothing confirmed as of yet. Uh, I uh, you know I filter everyone asking me about how to watch Piece by Chocolate the movie, and I'm like, it's not public yet. We're really sorry because it was supposed to be out in September in 2020, and oh, now wow. we are like almost a year and a half, two years after the deadline, and we still don't have it public. You know, COVID. Every time we build a plan. And then there is a variant, there is new restrictions, there are lockdowns everywhere. So we kind of uh, put some plans on hold because we really wanted to do it right. And we wanted to have as many people watch it as possible because this is a very heartwarming movie. And we really want to make sure we, you know, we, we, we do it right. We do it justice for the, the, the top lead actors in the movie and for the producers and the team. The team of the movie were crying when they finished filming because they didn't want to finish filming it. They're saying this is so beautiful, actually, that they just didn't want to stop. But it was absolutely incredible to see how now we are using our platform in a way to spread all of these, you know, amazing stories in a time when anxiety and hatred are just flying. You know, now we are living in Canada when there are many negative stories out there. There's, you know, when you open, when you watch national news, you run through like five negative stories to reach one positive thing, right? Like it is absolutely hard. So hopefully within our story of free building and hope and resilience and harmony, we are giving people hope that, yes, you know, we are going to get out of this and we are yeah. going to rebuild and we are going to be stronger. What is next for you? What's the next thing? You've got a book, a movie, successful company. You're a sought after speaker. Where that's right. Do you go from there. What's next? That's that's right. Actually, there is um, I'm. I really wanted to make sure we, you know, we build the foundation right over the past five years. I uh, truly feel myself, you know, strengthening the business over the next five years, making sure that uh, we are reaching our our goals and we are we have stable business. We offer hundreds of uh, hundreds of jobs in in Nova Scotia and across Canada, 
And I really wanted to make sure that uh, we are doing this in a way that's going to be sustainable, no matter what happens, no matter any crisis we're going to face, we are all going to be uh, going to be there. And I, I really wanted to make sure that we keep telling our story. And a lot of people are still really excited about that, the opportunity to to hear about our our family and our updates and what are we doing. It's like, I don't want to do a reality show about our family, but it's kind of, you know, uh, a very, um, very interesting time we're living in when people are really interested in learning about the stories of the people who had through, have been through a lot, like, like our family, and really wanted to make sure that we, are, we, are, we keep, you know, doing everything we can everything we can to spread and move forward with the mindset of uh, of optimism and because i think it's much needed so for me personally i have really big plans and i'm that that i'm working on for the business yes for me as a public speaker too i got my passport in 2020 i didn't get the chance to use it yet as a canadian oh. citizen you know i got my citizenship on january 15th in 2020 so two months before the pandemic and i had really great plans to go around the world as a canadian citizen meet Canadian ambassadors and do book lunches and do all kind of that, you know, all of that was put to kind of uh, really to, to halt. But uh, right now I think we have, we see the light uh, certainly coming through. So hopefully this year will be much easier than the past two years, but I'm sure uh, I'm really excited for us to be also reunited with other family members because my sister will be joining us in Nova Scotia soon as well. Nice. After I haven't seen her in eight years. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. And um, yeah, a lot of um, actually more now, like nine to 10 years I've been seeing her. So, uh, you know, a lot of um, family reunion, focusing a lot on uh, the things that matter, uh, because um, this is, you know, this is going to be an interesting ride, I guess, for the next five years, we would have to make sure we make it uh, worth for our for our communities before, before anybody, anything else, you know, we run a business based on, you know, uh, the caring about our our planet caring about our people right mm -hmm. and probably then you know as a business you have to make profit to be sustainable like you know you have to 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 be able to make sure that you are sustainable in a way that you're offering more jobs and you're growing as yeah. i mentioned so you don't die so uh, yeah a lot of excitement happening for sure well it's interesting in terms of uh some of the things you've said about profit because i think profit is a tool to amplify your message and your purpose and have greater impact, right? The more profit you have, the more good you can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, a good word. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of, um, I think it's a vehicle. Mm -hmm. It's a vehicle that, that you can use in, in many ways, right? Mm -hmm. You can, you can use your, your vehicle to, to, to do anything you want, right? You can go over, the speed limit you can drive 200 kilometers an hour you can really do things wisely you can help someone who is you know kind of stuck on the road you can get yourself from from a to b uh to to run your life it's it's that kind of really uh, methodology i guess and mindset that we have for for our businesses if we certainly can make the business sustainable in a way that our profit is, is helping us with our growth because we are reinvesting everything, not for personal wealth, but for our community's wealth. This is what business is, right? And this is how profit should be used in, in giving back. Right now, we have five major partnerships with 
you know, the Canadian Mental Health Association with Phoenix Youth Programs, with Indigenous communities. We have partnership with Refugee Hub to help other refugees. And we have a lot of partnership with uh, communities like the Red Cross and uh, Blue Nose and re-supporting cultural events and giving back as much as we can, because this is really why we are here. And the Peace Honor Society, we already donate three to 5% of our profit each year to a lot of organizations in additional in addition to the five organizations that I mentioned already. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of work and there's a lot of power in business. So I hope that people and entrepreneurs use their power to to help themselves, but at the same time to build bridges. Awesome. Build bridges with their with your community. Don't build walls. I love it. Um, you know, I think today we've talked so much and I feel like, you know, dreams can come true. And that the real bottom line is is that peace sells. Peace absolutely absolutely peace is very important peace is very relevant peace is very attached to us yeah if we don't if we don't detach ourselves from peace we are there really to 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 live a life that is meaningful and you cannot live a meaningful life without uh without peace right it's that it's that thing that we have but we don't see like no one wakes up every day and say you know what, today I'm going to be very grateful for peace in my life. No one says that. Unfortunately, no one says that because people did not try the real meaning of losing peace. It's that value that you only appreciate it when you lose it. And if you don't lose it, then you are taking it for granted, right? Like many Canadians, they would wake up every day and we're like, you know, it's the similar day. It's Groundhog Day. I'm not sure actually if Groundhog Day is, to- is tomorrow. Groundhog Day is... is- <laughs> It's, it's anyway, it's like, it feels like Groundhog Day every day now, but uh, I, you know, I, I really hope that people reflect on the, on the values of, of peace in their own, in their lives, in their day-to-day interactions, seeing their families and their kids growing and go to school, building a business or having a very meaningful life or a career, personal growth and volunteering, giving back to community. A lot of those pillars in our day-to-day life happen because we have peace if you live it's not only the absence of violence by the way peace is not only the absence of war it's it's the mindset that we have within ourselves to be able to do the things that we want to do right a lot of people don't have that that luxury to be able to do what they wanted to do and without that i would call it you know an absence of peace there's there's no way that we can be who we want to be. You want to be a physician. You want to be a, a doctor. You want to be a, a lawyer. You want to be a pharmacist. You want to build a business. You want to do whatever you want to do. Then peace is the number one value that we have to take about, to take care of. Because without peace, no one can go to work. You cannot build businesses. You cannot do so. You cannot do anything without peace. And it's the noblest value that we should all really, I think, nourish. Nourish is the word, right? And 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 make sure that we don't take for granted because a lot of people around the world are suffering every day to live a life that we have here in Canada. And this life that we have here in Canada is, is full of privilege. We we want to make sure we 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 recognize that and we give back and we help those who are less fortunate. Uh, and by that we certainly help ourselves and help sustain our peace. I'm gonna end on that, Tara, because that was awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it too. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. 
to learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.